0: Escape Pod. 29. November 24th, 2005. Today's story, Crystal Balls, by Susie Haas. Hi, I'm Steve Ely. Welcome to Escape Pod. This is a very last minute intro. It's Wednesday night and I just got back from seeing the movie adaptation of Rent. If anyone's been wondering about it, I give it a thumbs up. It was a little clunky at the start, but I warmed up to it, and it won me over. Rent's one of my three favorite musicals. It's got a good, very human storyline, and more consistently great songs than anything else I've seen. I think the movie might even have improved on the second half, which in the stage version I found pretty weak. Afterwards, my wife and I were talking about it, as we always do, and we got on to the theme of selling out. This is a point where I disagree with one of the show's morals. One of the main characters is a would-be filmmaker named Mark, and he goes around with an antique little camera filming everything he sees. His footage of a police riot at a benefit for the homeless gets picked up by the evening news, and soon he's offered commissions for a tabloid pop news show called Buzzline. He takes the job, but it's clear that before and afterwards he's racked by guilt and remorse. He's selling out. He's not following his dream anymore, he's just making money. Which, granted, enables him to pay the rent and free his friends from a difficult obligation. But it's still not right. He's corrupting his art. Now, I do love the show, but this part I had some problems with. I hear the selling out thing a lot. Bands are accused of selling out for signing on with major labels or changing their musical direction to something that gets them sales. Writers are said to sell out if they do media tie-in work. I've even heard people claim that some podcasters are selling out because they figured out how to make a few dollars doing podcasts. Now, it is a fact that most podcasters put their time into it for free, including me, but that isn't a virtue, it's just an economic reality. This might be controversial, and I'd welcome any debate on the topic, but I'd like to refine the terms here. I don't think it's selling out to apply your artistic skills for money, or to take money into account when deciding what art to make. It may or may not lead to good art, but it's not evil. It's making a living so you can then carry out your passions. Most of the great art throughout history was commissioned, so it was a lot of really bad art. I would say it's selling out if you take money to promote something that's directly against your moral values. But if Shakespeare wasn't selling out by being part of the king's men, I don't see how Eminem's selling out by selling iPods, unless he actively thinks they're wrong but that's one head I don't want to get into. Anyway, rent. Go see it. No day but today. Our story today is, well, it's about selling out, too, but from a more object-oriented perspective. I'm happy to present Crystal Balls by Susie Hawes. Miss Hawes is a working mother in Wichita Falls, Texas, who's been published in Andromeda Spaceways, Twilight Times, and Whispering Spirits. She's a frequent reviewer and article writer, too, for sfreader.com and many other sites. She is the author of the novel Eva's Son from Ormountain Publishing. This particular story was published in Neo Opsis, much improved over the original Opsis. The story is read for us today by Evo Terra of The Dragon Page, Cover to Cover, Winging It, and Slice of a Sci-Fi podcasts. If you're an SF fan and you aren't listening to at least one of Evo's podcasts, you aren't getting the full picture or the full sound whichever now cleanse your spirit and gaze deep it's story time right after a quick note from Eva
1: you know the last time I read a story for Escape Pod I got lambasted for my lousy Mexican accent Steve in his infinite wisdom decides to let me try again this time with the New York accent yeah that's right me a white guy from Oklahoma with a New York accent anyhow I present to you Crystal Balls by Susie Hawes. How'd I get here? Funny you should ask. Pick me up and I'll tell you. I've been sitting here in the trash all day and I don't like it. The rats keep looking at me kind of funny. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's nice. You got strong hands, mister. Are you psychic? Maybe just a little. No? (laughs) Well, I can fix that. No, I can't tell you where to find a bottle of Mad Dog, but I can get you the money to buy one. Hey, excuse me, who's the crystal ball here, you or me? I can make you a wealthy man if you treat me good. Rita, she didn't do right by me, so it's her own damn fault what happened. Oh, she was my owner. She got me from her aunt, Gladys, who died. Yeah, that's it. Clean the coffee grounds off of me. Oh, that's better. You missed a spot. Use a little elbow grease, hon. You'll get it. I'm not lying to you. I can make you rich. Then how'd I end up here? Ask Rita. She's the one that threw me out. Broad can't take a joke. See, you gotta clean a crystal ball. No, not by washing it with soap and water, mister. I mean you've gotta cleanse the negative energies from it after you use it. Gladys, now she was a real psychic. She taught Rita how to use me and keep me clean and all, but Rita got lazy. She never set me in the sunshine or did the cleansing ritual like Gladys taught her. No holy water, no incense, nothing like Gladys didn't teach her better. Rita started off okay, but she was asking questions for herself, and the spirits couldn't give her no good answers. She got angry, and maybe it made her careless. She just used me and then stuck me on the shelf after she was through talking to her spirits. I was getting real bored with Rita asking questions about money. That's all she ever thought about. I'd tell her what the spirits said and all, but I wish she'd ask something else. Like love questions. Gladys used to steam up my surface with the good stuff. But Rita wasn't interested in guys, just their wallets. Then Rita set up shop. She got a bunch of customers, set them in that tacky little room off the den she liked to call her antechamber, filled it with a bunch of cheap dime store candles, and then started filing them in past me. Old ladies with their pension checks, housewives spending their bingo money, college kids looking for winning lotto numbers. You know the type. I called a lock and load reader in those days. Anything for a buck. I was supposed to pass their questions along to the spirits, then relay the answers. Next! I didn't tell the truth exactly. People don't want the truth, you know. They want to be lied to. They need to hear the old man ain't cheating on them, and they're gonna get rich, and it ain't cancer. So, I gave them what they wanted, and everybody was happy. Ask Cassandra, that Greek broad, People don't want no bad news. When she was through with the customers, Rita tossed me on the kitchen table with the spilt cornflakes and the empty gin bottles. I got dirty outside and in. Grime built up on my surface, and evil spirits gathered in my spirit well. That's the thing inside me that wakes the magic, you know? It's like a little house where ghosts and angels come to talk. But when you get a demon in there, oh boy... That can be trouble. You gotta clean it out and flush a little good energy through it every once in a while. But Rita just couldn't be bothered. Then I got restless. I started listening to the wrong sorts of voices. You know the type. The bad ones. Real troublemakers, those guys. They had me thinking I should teach her a lesson not to disrespect me. The bad voices told me she was a loser and that she'd trade me in on a new, shiny model as soon as she got enough cash. I resented the way she treated me. She got drunk too much, and never cleaned me. She kept me in the dark, never let me see the sun. You see where I'm going, don't you, mister? I don't know. I got bored. The voices said I had magic, maybe I should use it. I made a real rock crystal, mister, not cheap glass. Hand sculpted. I got some power in me. So then this old lady showed up. Rita, she'd been drinking too much gin, and it made it real easy to use her. I just told Rita what to say, and she said it. Ha! She didn't even know what was coming out of her mouth. She was so drunk. The old lady wanted to check on her husband. Well, think about it. She's pushing 80, and he's 22. Plus, she's got a face like a horse's rear and tons of cash. You do the math. I didn't even have to ask the spirits. Yeah, I suppose I could have put it nicer. The old lady stomped off. She didn't even pay for the reading. When Rita sobered up, she remembered what we'd done. I got locked in the closet with the spiders and her cheap wigs. She let me out a week later and warned me not, not to do it again. again. I'd been sitting in that closet listening to the bad voices, and I was mad as hell. But I didn't do nothing right then. I got it later, when a guard was down. What are you shaking your head for, mister? Didn't I tell you she asked for it? I'd never do that to you, mister. I promise. You treat me right. We'll get along just fine. What happened then? Well, it didn't take Rita long to get drunk again, and of course, she used me. You you should never do that, mister. You gotta stay sober when you're using a crystal ball. You need to be strong and chase off the evil spirits, or they can pollute the crystal. That's me. So what happened then? It wasn't my fault. Nope. She didn't clean me before she used me. It went on like that for about a month. With her customers getting mad and Rita not knowing why. I was messing with their minds. Yeah. You know, don't you? I told them things to upset them. Like once when Miss Delgado thought her old man was cheating on her. He was not But I lied just to watch her fume. Then I said he did it because she was ugly. Not my fault Miss Delgado hanged herself. She was like Rita. Couldn't take a joke. Anyway, in walks Mary. With a name like that, you'd think she was a saint. But Mary was hooked up with gangsters. Her granddad was Happy Jack Mulraney. And she was married to some Sicilian guy who owned a nightclub where the Cosa Nostra hung out. Mary had some shady deals going on and knew of a whole lot more. She was a real piece of work. The spirits told me about her. So, with Rita drunk, and out of it, I tried a little extortion. Not much. Just a couple hundred thousand. I figured Rita would see what I could do for her, and then she'd start treating me better. Mary didn't like it. She paid up, but she didn't like it. When Rita was sober... She got mad and stuck me in the closet again. But I noticed she didn't give the money back to Mary. A few weeks later, Rita lets me out and starts making all nice. I knew what was going on. The voices had warned me Mary was out to get even with Rita and shut her up permanent like They said Rita was in mortal danger. They put it just like that, too. Mortal danger. Cool, huh? I never knew anybody in mortal danger before. I wasn't going to help her. I mean, would you? She was just being nice to me to get me to help her. Then to be back in the closet with me. Eh, let her get killed. What do I care? thought I could get me a new owner. One that would treat me good. Like you, maybe. Play dumb. I said the threats and phone calls were nothing. That Mary was mad, but that she'd get over it. I promised Rita I'd let her know if things got dangerous. I probably would have, too. When I calmed down. But uh, things happened too fast. And Rita believed me. She relaxed and started drinking again. Later, when Rita was sleeping it off on the couch, there was a loud crash at the back of the house. Somebody was trying to get in. I could hear the glass in the bedroom shatter and the windows squeak as it went up. It always does that. The noise woke Rita up. She staggered over to the kitchen table where she'd left me. She moved the newspaper off me and threw it under the floor. I saw her looking around and she muttered, Where's that damned bottle? She sat down in front of me and asked, Well, you see my bottle? Then laughed at her sorry joke. As she was knocking things around, searching for the gin, I heard heavy footsteps coming from the back room, then down the hallway. Rita didn't seem to notice. A man appeared in the hallway behind her, then walked silently across the rug towards the table, He was dressed in black jeans and a black pullover sweater and had a ski mask on covering his face. It was bright red. I could see his eyes, and they were green like a cat's. Rita stopped rummaging around on the table and froze, staring at me. I realized she must be looking at the reflection of the man on my surface. As dirty as I was, she could still see the guy sneaking up behind her. I had to hand it to her. Rita acted fast even though she was drunk. He was standing over her see, and she just grabbed me with both hands and swung me up over her head backwards. I smashed right into his face. Blood splated everywhere. I got coated with it and couldn't see too good, but I heard the man's nose crunch and he howled. She dropped me and I hit the rug rolling. I heard him stomping around and Rita's chair falling over. And then the bedroom door slammed. The guy stepped on me and sent me spinning towards the wall. I hit the baseboard, cracking my surface a little, and I heard him hit the floor. He must have landed on his back because he was lying there gasping for air when I ricocheted back and slammed into the top of his head. Caved his skull in. That's right, mister. I brained him. Not bad, huh? I killed him deader than hell and saved Rita's life. You'd think she'd be grateful, but she panicked. Started talking about cops and mafia hitmen. She blamed me. Can you believe it? Threw me out here in the alley on her way out of town. Suitcase was crammed full of the money I got for her, and she just stumped me out here with the rats. Like she didn't owe me nothing. Now, I'm looking to trade up. "'So how about it, mister? Don't worry about the crack. It don't change nothing. I'll make you a ton of money.
0: "'Well,
1: not right away, of course. I gotta see how we get along first. "'But once I get to know you, mister, I promise you'll be drinking champagne instead of Thunderboy. "'Hey, where are you going? What do you mean you don't want no trouble? Get back here!' "'Aw, come on, mister. I told you. The whole thing was Rita's fault!' Aw, oh, nuts!
0: And that was our story. What comes round, goes around. It's been a while since I mentioned this, so let's do it again. Escape Pod has a phone line at 206-666-EPOD. You're welcome to leave us voicemail comments, or even better, book reviews. I know for certain that many of you read books and we'd like to hear about them in two minutes or less. If calling us on the phone isn't your thing, you're welcome to email us book reviews in mp3 format at editor at escapepod.org. Now a promo from one of the hardest-working Australians in podcasting.
1: Have you ever wondered what is the connection between science fiction and philosophy? Do you ever wonder... Am I really just a battery and a machine? What is a worldview, anyway? Are my memories really real? Can I have free will if the pre-crime, pre-cogs know the future? If you answered yes, no, or maybe to any of the previous questions, then The Sci-Fi Show is for you. The show that deals with those interesting questions about life, the universe, and everything, as found in science fiction. And no, the answer is not always 42. The Sci-Fi Show, a 20-minute fortnightly podcast, put in the philosophy back in sci-fi. For more information, go to the sci and that's Fi with a pH.
0: Jason Rennie's been in correspondence with me for quite some time, and I enjoy both of his podcasts: The Sci-Fi Show and the Dead White Guys podcast. If you're looking for some brain exercise on your morning commute, I strongly urge you to check him out. As you know, Bob, Escape Pod is a non-profit, listener-supported podcast. We pay our authors for the stories we present, so if you like this week's story, consider clicking on the PayPal link on our website, escapepod.org. If you like, you can even fill out some boxes there and hit the Submit button. That's entirely up to you. If you missed last week's show, be sure to also check out our collectible CD offer for donations of $20 or more. You can also find details of that on our website. To everyone who's already chosen to take our offer, my deepest thanks, and the CDs are going to start going out this week. We release on a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. So we're not selling out, we're giving out. All other rights are reserved by our authors, which means they're the ones to go to for film rights. Believe it or not, a few people have asked. I'm in the wrong business. I should have been an agent. Our music is by permission of Dai Kaiju, applying the strongest, purest artistic integrity to flattening cities. Oh, and also to music. That was our show for this week. If you're in the United States, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy time spent with your family, and give thanks that our country has so many turkeys. You should also be grateful for the poultry. Until next week, have fun.